Emily. And this is Edgar. And this is Alicia. And welcome to the Minority Report podcast, episode 23. Episode 23, damn. Yeah. Damn, we've done a lot of these. <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of impressive in a way. Yeah, we should celebrate soon, but... We should have celebrated for our 20th. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. We really should have. <laughs> we really should have. I think, well, hold on. Olivia, were you out of the country during our 20th? I think you were. I might have been, actually. You may have been. You may have Whoops. Been. It's Whoops. possible. But whoopsie-daisy. Okay, moving on. <laughs> but yeah, so we have... It's possible lot. I wasn't here. Yes. <laughs> we have a lot of social media stuff that you guys can follow us follow us on. Please, um, please, please. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Overcast. All, wherever you listen <laughs> to podcasts, we're there. And we have a Facebook, The Minority Report Podcast. Um, Twitter, Minority Pod. Um, Instagram, Minority Pod. Yeah, and, and that's all. let us know how we're doing. Give us reviews. We love that. Yeah, and if you guys want us to talk about topics that you want to hear, then just let us know. Yeah, send us in your ideas. Yeah. <coughs> so, we're going <laughs> to start... Stanley, you okay there? <laughs> we're going to start with some March for Science. Yes. Which occurred uh, last Saturday on mm-hmm. March um, 22nd, on Earth Day. Yes. And uh, this was in Washington. April, April 22nd. Was, in, was this? Oh, April. Yes. <laughs> Whoa, sorry. Sorry. I was in the wrong month. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay. April. Yes. April 22nd, and it occurred in um, Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and many other cities and countries around the world, right? Yes. And do you, Edgar, I, that's all I know for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this is, uh, I, you know, this is a pretty big deal. What's happening here is that we are we have our scientists who have for, for the longest time our scientific community, especially in the U.S., has been apolitical. They have not wanted to be uh, political at all uh, because it sort of under like if they were to be political, it would sort of undermine the science a little bit. They've tried to remove themselves from politics. But it's gotten to the point where they really can't do that anymore. Um, the current administration, even though this uh, March for Science does not call them out specifically, um, the current administration is defunding a lot of science research. It is um, very anti-science in many ways. It, they are deniers of global warming and climate uh, change. Facts in general. Uh, facts in general, um, which facts. I don't know. <laughs> scientists, they kind of like no facts. That's their bread and butter. Um, but <laughs> I mean, who who uses facts anymore? Really? Yeah, yeah. alternative <laughs> facts thing. are the new craze, you guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm tired. That's the, that's the new hot thing. <laughs> I'm tired of the old, you know, facts that that you know we grew up on. I want something new and, and fancy. Oh, so drab. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, this was a march organized by the Earth Day Network. Um, this is, I mean, this is a big deal. This was inspired by the Women's March. Um, scientists were debating for the longest time if they should even do this because they were so afraid of politicizing themselves, but they felt this was so important that they had to do it, especially with the rhetoric that keeps coming from a lot of our world leaders, um, more, most alarming, alarmingly so from Donald Trump here in the U S, um, yeah, this was, uh, you know, I did some research into the event. Unfortunately, I was not able to participate, um, but it was pretty, I mean, it was, it was just, uh, it, it was so cool to see everything surrounding it. Um, you know, there were a, a lot of keynote speakers there. Bill Nye, of course, yeah. was there, who has become sort of the face for a lot of uh, scientists out there. Um, there were 20 plus. He's going to save the world, you guys. Yes, he's going <laughs> to save the world. Watch the new Netflix series. Um, so there are, they were. God, actually- <laughs> I really should go into Mars. Yes, you Marketing. should. I'm a genius. You really are. <laughs> have y'all seen? Look at that flawless plug. <laughs> have y'all? Have y'all seen? Flawless. Have y'all seen the show yet? The any episodes? No. I've only seen one. I have to say. No, not yet. I'm not even done with 13 Reasons Why, you guys. Like, okay, okay. We have give to me give a you minute. Yeah, you I'm a not minute. even done with the Iron Fist series. Wait, wait, did you, did you even start that? I didn't okay. Start that. <laughs> okay. So, um, anyways, <laughs> so this is like, uh, I was reading into the March, and it's actually so cool the things they were doing. So they had like teach ins, and like they had yeah. topics like how to handle a climate change denier, like really cool, interesting stuff. Um, but yeah, so uh, I really want to talk about this. I know last I week, like how it's 
that's cool and interesting and also like necessary training. I know. It's just it's kind of sad. But you know what my favorite thing uh, uh, about the march were all the amazingly nerdy and hilarious signs. Uh, so it, I wish the I signs were amazing. I wish I had them pulled up so we can like sort of describe them. But just look them up. Like look up uh, March for Science signs, and they're so funny. There were so many. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you remember any? There was one. Yeah. Well, there was one that I saw that was like first they first they came for scientists, and then the national parks there was. Service was like, LOL, no. And we were all like, what? None of the dystopian novels I read prepared me for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, uh, okay, so uh, uh, before we move on from this topic, I guess my question to y'all, and this is what I'm sort of interested in, and I've mentioned this before, is that the scientists are worried or concerned about the political nature of this march and what it means and some people uh, have criticized the march by saying that actually it is counterintuitive because what the scientists are doing is they are uh, sort of aligning themselves, even if they don't mean to, to liberal po- protesters and li- liberal outlets. Um, and they are politicizing themselves. And, you know, someone who is a climate change denier may use that against them. It's not really convincing anyone. Um, and that's the argument that they make. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. I'm just throwing it out there for both of you. How do you feel about that? It's, it's so stupid. I feel like for any... <laughs> go, go, go on, Delicia. You go first. I feel like for any sort of movement, um, if you have a group kind of a- actively working against you, mm-hmm. then... Why would you hesitate? Like everything you're doing is being defunded. You're literally being being attacked by your government in, mm-hmm. you know, like really kind of um, insidious ways through like through things like funding, right? Mm-hmm. So why why the hesitation to latch on to people who support you? Right. You know, right. I mean, I understand the criticism in that they want science to be impartial, but scientists are people who live in the country. Like they're going to be political. <laughs> right. And, and a lot of people, have it's made going the to argument, happen. A lot of people have made the argument that science has always been political. It's been politicized by politicians. I mean, the right has done it for a long time by countering, uh, you know, climate change and climate, like what scientists have been telling us. Um, it is just crazy that we live in a world now where um, it, it sort of seems like the scientists are becoming their own political party. They have had to become politicized themselves to have their voices heard. And it's really alarming. We uh, live in a place where a lot of people don't believe scientific facts like that is not OK. That is not natural. Uh, so I'm all for it. I think, fuck it. If things are this bad. Let them do. Let them do it. Let them protest. Stanley. And it's also like the criticisms are, are dumb because they're it's their livelihoods that are at stake. And if they're defending that, why? Like Alifia said, why would they care that they're being grouped with like the liberals? You mm-hmm. know, it's it's like them defending what they do in in life, mm-hmm. and that sh- that should be praised. Yes, yeah. I think. Stanley, I think that's a, an amazing point. I wasn't even thinking about it. It's literally their livelihood. Like, it's how they live, how they make money. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we weren't even thinking of that. But, yeah, that not only are they trying to change the world for good, but they need to eat. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, it's literally <laughs> how they make their <laughs> and the tra- fucking they're, money. Like. They're trying to save the world. and uh. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm, yes. <laughs> Scientists, we are there for you. We want to support you. Uh, this was great. Keep doing it. And actually, they will do it again. On April 29th, there will be a separate march. It is the Climate March. Uh, we will provide y'all with information so y'all can follow it and follow along. Um, it will be more focused on climate change. While this march was more general overview of science in general, like this is specifically about climate change. And with all, all these alarming reports, I mean, we just saw this whole thing about the Great Barrier Reef 
in Australia being bleached beyond saving. And it's like really fucking alarming. Like the things are happening and things are changing and we can't afford to deny this anymore because we've finally reached that point where we can't really roll back. Now it's like, how do we mitigate the damage that we've done? Um, so check that out. Follow it. Climate March on April 29th. Awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was literally in New Zealand, and there's no ozone layer there, you guys. It, there's just a hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that's that's not good. That's horrible. <laughs> what, hold on. What? Like. <laughs> yeah, that's not good at all. <laughs> like, um, like Great Barrier Reef in Australia is just bleached to all hell, and I heard so many people talk about it. Like, yeah, we went to Cairns, and, like, the Great Barrier Reef, there's nothing there anymore. And also, like, the there's a giant hole just in this one region of the world and people like live here. So yeah, it's, that's the thing too, with a lot of climate change is that a lot of people who deny it, don't feel it or see it every day um, or refuse to acknowledge it. So they are like, it's like, it's funny. They're like, I don't see it. So fuck everybody else. And it's like the most terrible fucking mentality you could ever have. Um, I, Whatever, let's move on. Let's move on before I get steamed, before I get rowdy. Okay. So France just had their... <laughs> Edgar's about to go off. Yes, I'm about to break some necks. Okay, no. All right, so moving on to the next top topic, um, France just had their... Um, is it general election or is it... Their, yes, the general election for the presidency yes. of France. It's a big deal. The first round. The first round, it is a, a runoff system. Um, but yeah, let's... Uh, and two people were picked is mm-hmm. that yeah uh, yeah so they are um i have no idea i'm trying to look it up okay so i know their last name it's Ma- no. yes 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 it's okay it's okay we're trying a new system it's no, not all perfect yeah so marie uh so marine le pen for, uh who represents the national front or the fn and uh emmanuel Ooh. macaron who is a Ooh. centrist liberal Ooh. what what is happening here? And I actually I have the percentages of how like how they performed. Uh, Macron actually got twenty three point nine percent of the vote, while Le Pen only got twenty one point four. It's so close, y'all. It's very close. It's really close. And a lot of people are predicting Marie Le Pen is going to um, uh, is going ahead, like is going to pull ahead from Macron. Um, but yeah, this is a really interesting topic because what we have here is. Um, a fight for Europe, for France and for Europe's soul and right. their place in the world. And this really will come to affect everyone. Like it will affect us. It will affect everyone. Marie Le Pen, Marine Le Pen is their Donald Trump. Like this is what's happening. They're about to elect their Donald Trump. Uh, it's yeah. a big deal. Um, I don't know. He's what are anti-immigrate immigrants? Right? Yes, she is. She, she, yes. Yes. She, she, yeah. <laughs> she is very xenophobic. She is uh, uh, all about national pride and France, like France first in French identity. And that's that's how she's been like promoting not 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 being anti-immigrants, but pro yes. France, pro France. Exactly. She spins it. So yeah. the way she spins it is she says, you know, we're it's not about, you know, uh, uh, immigrants are bad. It's we are patriotic and we uh, and because we focus on France and France's needs and France first, the immigrants have to conform to us. And it's all about French pride. And she's turning it on its head. It's a globalist versus nationalist sort of deal. And she's like, you're not patriotic if you're a globalist, which is a very scary, alarming thing and message to be putting out there. Why not both? Yeah, know? why not both? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Olivia, what are sort of your initial reactions to this? Uh, we're about to have another world leader. I mean, who knows what will happen, but we're about to have another world leader. Uh, who's anti-Islamist, who's xenophobic, who is represents the far right. Like, this is so alarming. So I have, like, two thoughts. One, France's election system makes so much more sense than the U.S.'s election system, where they have a bunch of people run mm-hmm. and then have runoff elections. Yes. That makes so much more sense to me. And yes. the other thing is I'm having flashbacks to November 2016. <laughs> uh, oh, no. <laughs> um, you know, because that is what's happening. Like, literally, like, it's, um, if you haven't seen it, John Oliver did a great, did, did one of his great pieces on the French election. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Marie Le Pen is literally 
the French Donald Trump and Literally. James Macron is so like Hillary. He's just like, he's so boring. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's like a boring dude. Yes. Um, like he's, he's very much like Hillary in the sense that like, he's pretty moderate. He's neither here nor there. Like he's not great, but he's also not like, he's not Marie Le Pen. You know? He is the last chance France has. Maybe he's yes. a little bit worse. Oh. Yeah. Maybe Hillary is a little bit worse than Macron. Um, actually, Hillary is definitely worse than Macron, probably. But, but like, <laughs> it's literally just like, God, he's just such a boring white guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's another. And Marie Le Pen is just like, yeah, off the walls. It's that. It's like the same I don't narrative. even. It is the same narrative. Some of the stuff she says, I watched. Yeah, like watching interviews with her is like. It it actually gives me flashbacks. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's the this same. Is, narrative. This is the same, but French. It's the same, but French. It's the same, but in French. So it's like more artsy. I don't know. It's like there's a lot going on. Um, so it, it, when we first sort of started talking about it, I said this is a really a fight for Europe as a whole because one of Le Pen's goals is for a Frexit, which is yeah. France's exit from the EU, which would essentially end the European Union. You can't have Britain and France take themselves out of the European Union and contain this union, especially when uh, Spain is failing, Greece is failing, uh, Germany has their own things to deal with. Like, it is just, it's bad. Like, we are setting ourselves up for some really bad stuff, uh, especially with the divided Europe. Um, but anyways, my question to y'all is, you know, we are, uh, this is another one of those global globalization versus um, populism and nationalism. And I don't know, what are y'all, like, Stanley, what are your feelings on this? Like, how do you, how do we even start to comprehend it? How do we start to uh, tackle this and fight this? It's just, I don't know. I'm at a loss. How, like, just how do you feel about it, really, is the real question. It's, it just seems like we have this issue in the entire world. Like, mm-hmm. everyone else, every other country is facing it. Mm-hmm. First yes. Britain and then France. Yeah. But, like, I read this other article that you also posted saying that um, Macron is leading leading twenty um, Le Pen by twenty six points. Yes, which is a lot more than um, Clinton leading Trump by two to three points. Mm-hmm. They're saying how this is um, so unlike what's happening in the U.S. It's just like a different thing that's right, happening. right. So, so I don't really know what, what are the chances that she has of winning Le Pen. Right, right, but it, right. Yeah. The, where the narrative sort of ends is when you get to those basic numbers and you start really getting into the nitty gritty of it. And maybe it, it might be it, maybe that we're so pessimistic now that we just assume that Le Pen will win, you yeah. know, but maybe not. It really may not happen. Um, and it looks like it won't. And fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But you're right. It's I'm like so weary of polls now. Yeah, like you can't true. trust them. I'm just so them. weary of polls. Like even even if it's like, yeah, this dude is this dude is leading by like 89 percent of the vote. You guys, I'm still like, I can't trust him. <laughs> I can't do it. No, no. Um, yeah. So we will keep I've, you. I've literally become the person with like a tinfoil hat on their nightstand. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're obviously not experts in the French political system, but we will keep you updated because this is important stuff. Like we mentioned, like this will affect not? a lot. Um, yeah. We're but, not. Yes, Olivia? French? What? You didn't know? <laughs> we're not French. We <laughs> I, just... I thought no. We, oh, okay. Well, I thought we were just like... I thought we were, you know... <laughs> Frenchmen who just like talking about American politics. I don't know. No, no. Unfortunately... It's just like convincing accent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, we're not. Um, but yeah, we will keep y'all updated with that because that's a big developing story. All right, moving on. All right, so the last topic we have for news and politics is that... Ivanka Trump was speaking at a W2O conference, mm-hmm. which is like a summit for promoting women's workforce um, participation and equality in mm-hmm. Berlin, Germany. Yes. And she was saying how, or defending her father, President Trump's, um, what do you call that? His, his championing yeah, of, of empowering women. women. Yes. 
And which got a lot of booze. So her exact words were uh, that her father was a tremendous champion of supporting families and enabling them to thrive, which got a lot of booze from uh, the crowd. And the panelists were not letting up. They were grilling her. Um, it. I don't know. I mean, it's... Uh, Olivia, did you get to see any of it? Yeah. Yeah, I got to see bits and pieces of it. I mostly got to see the part where she got booed because that made me the happiest. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, how, like, like, who is supposed to take her, like, who is supposed to take her seriously when she says her father's uh, like a champion of women and, and families? Like, you know, she doesn't even take herself seriously. She, like, has to say this. Otherwise, she gets, like, thrown into the dungeon in the White House or something. Like, I feel oh, like. What? <laughs> I know. Well, I feel like she, that's what happened. Well, and she was asked, they're like, are you the first, like, are you actually the first lady? Or, like, what does the first daughter even mean? Like, is that just a made up role? Like, what the fuck? And she's like, uh, like, it's just, it's just so weird. No, Ivanka's the first lady. Ivanka's totally the first Ivanka's lady. Ivanka's totally like, the first lady. Because fuck it, Millennia has like, she's like, like there's, she's there's no out. question. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Bonnie um, is like freaking nowhere to be seen. She's, she's literally hiding in yes. New York, she's just like, I'm never leaving this apartment. Maybe someone locked her in. I don't know. <laughs> like, she stole, she stole that speech, and then Donald's entire... <laughs> we can never let her talk in public again. We can never let her talk. So, um, I saw this actually... So, uh, the day that uh, Ivanka said all this, it a leaked report came out. And I, lo- I love the timing of these leaks. By the way, I love that Trump's White House is so filled with leaks. No, like... There's no one loyal to Trump. Everyone's leaking everything at all fucking times, and it's amazing. (laughs) But uh, there was such a perfectly timed leak because a leaked plan came out that uh, Donald Trump actually wants to remove funding from uh, the State Department team that promotes women's rights around the world. Like, it is the most perfect timing for that leak. It just undermines everything Ivanka just said because she is just fucking, like, it's just all a fucking lie and we see it out in the open and it's happening like Donald Trump is bad for women and we can't ignore it yep Donald Trump is bad for people yeah for people people. Donald Trump is bad for the world like it's gotten to the extent where Donald Trump is like not even exaggerating just bad for the world Mm. oh yeah it's bad it's bad but it's sad that that's not even exaggeration that's not even something i'm saying in a hyperbole it's it's just like it's just true (laughs) it's just true and we're only laughing because that's how we cope we cope with this um (laughs) i do want to revel in the booze though uh that was awesome Great, great crowd. Uh, keep booing these people. They don't deserve any applause or praise. Those boos cleared my skin. <laughs> those boos gave, gave me life. <laughs> yes. Those boos gave me a great day. Like, that was awesome. Um, okay. Uh, all righty. That has been our news and political segment of the week. When we come back, we have a lot of uh, sort of race stories we want to cover and, and touch on. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Okay, welcome back to the show. There are some things we need to talk about, we need to address. Um, Shea Moisture, of course, uh, a well-known sort of natural uh, beauty product brand that uh, uh, sort of came to fame in recent years by being this like – just great great products for black women specifically. Um, They released an ad. That is the most tone deaf, most horrible ad that I've seen in a while, uh, excluding the Pepsi ad, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like <laughs> I all these <laughs> all, say Pepsi. <laughs> I feel like all these brands are like, hold on, I can outdo you. Like, I can outdo yeah. you. <laughs> Pepsi still worse. The Pepsi's still bad. So what we have here is we have an ad where we have three women who are describing their hair and describing the products they use and what it does to their hair. We have a black woman who uh, talks about her hair. And then we have two white women, one blonde, one uh, redhead. And the ad mostly focuses 
on the white women. And Shea Moisture's had a problem, well, not really a problem, but they've had this sort of, they've wanted to reach out and um, sort expand of their expand, topic? yes, expand their user base. Uh, user base feels like the wrong word there. That's It sounds like a software company. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, um, their customers. Target market. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they've been... <laughs> So they've been wanting to get more people involved. But what happened here is that they inadvertently created a tone deaf ad by focusing on white women and totally ignoring their user base, like the people who actually use their products and made them successful and made them successful. Um, There was so much backlash on Twitter. Um, Some of it was hilarious. A lot of it was actually kind of heartbreaking when you really think about it. And they realized they fucked up. They put a message on Facebook. They even said, we effed up. Like, we messed up. This ad does not represent what we do. We've pulled it. And we truly apologize. By the way, this is not the first time that Shea Moisture has done this. They've do- they've had other print ads uh, that focused on white people instead of black people. Um, so, you know, before we move on, let's talk. I, I mean, how do you all feel about this? This is just, you know, this is just an, a terrible thing, really. Well, I... I don't know much about the products and mm-hmm. its history, so I can't say much about that. Mm-hmm. Saying that, I saw the ad, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't know what to say because I know that they're trying to promote diversity, mm-hmm. you know, by having all these other women, what two white women mm-hmm. on the ad as well. So I was like, why are people angry? upset? Why but then, people? like, you have to understand being in their shoes mm-hmm. as black women, who, right? I feel yeah. yes. It's it, like complicated. It, uh, it feels like the ad could have been handled better, though. Yeah, the way it was handled was like totally um, tone deaf. Yeah, that's really the right word to explain it. Olivia, your initial thoughts to this? Okay, so I will say this: I'm in a Facebook group called "Sounds White But Okay," and there was a <laughs> there a really discussion about um shea moisture so a lot of black femmes kind of waited on the conversation and here's basically my understanding of it um again this is a situation where i'm sure there are articles about it now at this point go read what black femmes uh have to say about it do not mm-hmm. take my word for it but from my understanding basically shea moisture was black owned they sold the company it's it's no longer black owned as far as i know they changed their formula. So basically, right. Shea, Shea Moisture, a brand like that, it's targeted towards type 4 hair, which is really curly. Um, well, some, some of their products. kinky. Um, yes. Yeah. So basically, Shea Moisture was meant for that type of hair, and they had a really, really loyal customer base, right? Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening is because the company got sold, they changed their formula to cater to more hair types but Mm -hmm. also because the formulas changed that meant that their kind of the base that gave them that kind of initial foundation could no longer use their products so in addition to that they also ran this ad it's like a double slap basically throwing black femmes out with the yeah basically throwing black femmes out with the bathwater. so people have already been frustrated by shea moisture and they like run this ad as well. I know a lot of people who are like never buying Shea Moisture again. I know there's been a lot mm-hmm. of people sharing like black owned hair brands a lot saying like, hey, you guys, here are black owned hair brands that are, you know, like that are made for type four hair, um, especially since the the woman in the the black woman in the ad had a looser curl pattern. So also kind of, you know, that kind the and that goes with having kind of um, a tighter curl pattern in your hair. Like that's, th- there were a lot of layers to this ad from my understanding. Yes. Of, again, <laughs> definitely go read what black femmes have to say about it. But like, it's actually a lot worse right. than just like running an ad trying to make it more diverse. They like literally changed their entire formula for their products um, and cut out their kind of base users um like their base clientele uh there are also i've seen brands like on twitter kind of like throwing shade at shea moisture too being like for your naturally curly hair and like posting images of black women um and black femmes so it's been really i don't know like 
I was completely on I knew about Shea Moisture um, because of, of some uh, lotions and things that people had recommended to me um, because they were really hydrating. But I had, you know, I had very little knowledge of this kind of side to it. So it's been really, um, I've learned a lot in the past 24 hours about Shea Moisture and the kind of like history of it and everything. <laughs> Yeah, so and here's the deal with with this too. It, it's the context, right? You take all of it together, and that's what leads to this outrage. When you really break it down, Shea Moisture, they're a company private, like they can do whatever the fuck they want. Like, yes, if they want to change their formula, that's fine. Like that is their prerogative, but they have to know that they will lose a lot of their base. Like they will lose the people who actually use the products. Um, and so what they're trying to do is they're trying to do that and have their like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to say, no, 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 we're still catering to to black women. But also at the same time, we're going to get these white women, even though they're like low key changing their formula, changing their products, changing everything. Um, it, I, it It's just sad. It is just sad because uh, like one of the Twitter comments I saw was we literally can't have anything. Exactly. Like we can't have anything for ourselves. Like they take everything yeah away um yeah so uh you know also yeah Hello? oh um i wanted to point out that there's something really messed up about having a redhead and a redhead being like i hated being a redhead like i had to dye my hair blonde versus the discrimination that at black people face because of their hair. Yeah. Like if you don't think hair is political, um, you're wrong. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, so like all putting that in the ad is also kind of like fucked up. <laughs> well, so it, and by kind of fucked up, I mean really fucked up. It's very fucked up. Um, let's get a little bit personal. Um, and I want to sort of talk about, uh, you know, about our hair and the sort of experiences we've had. I don't know if you've had sort of experiences. I know, you know, um, growing up, getting my haircut was very difficult because I grew up in a very white area and a lot of people did not know how to cut my hair. They did not know how to cut Hispanic hair. And when I say Hispanic hair, that seems like a huge generalization. Uh, that is the very dark, very thick, uh, Southern European hair that uh, unfortunately I've been blessed by by my ancestors. So I have I've had that. Um, and it's just been hard to get people to cut my hair and it's been hard to get products. So whenever you find a product and you're like, oh, this works for me and I love it. And then you get betrayed by that company. It's like, yes, at the same t- like, yes, they're a company that can do whatever the fuck they want. But at the same time, it's such a slap to the face here in America where we don't have those options. We just don't have those options for our hair. Um, I don't know. Olivia, have you had any sort of experiences with your own hair here in the U.S.? So I know, at least for me as a South Asian woman, I'm like a hairy person. So for me, it's mostly been like grooming and body hair, but like... I definitely feel you on the front where it's just kind of like, okay, well, if I have this thing and it works for me and then it suddenly stops working because they change something, that's a huge issue. Um, I've had that problem with like wax, um, mm-hmm. like face wax, like hard wax. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be using one brand for a really long time. And then suddenly it's just like weird. Um, and I was, and it's mostly because they're now catering to deal with like more sensitive skin or finer hair than mm-hmm. what I have. Cause like, record. so, right. um, it's not, but I definitely know where they're coming from in the sense that like, if you have a product that works for you and then they start catering to kind of Eurocentric standards of like, oh, well, they have finer hair and their scalp and skin is a a little bit more sensitive. And so, 
we're not going to make the product this way. We're going to make the product this way. But suddenly it doesn't work for a huge chunk of people. Well, yeah, it's I mean, they have a whole fucking aisle of products for their humans are different. Who knew? (laughs) Like, give us. Yeah. Like, give us something. uh, Stanley, any personal like literally. That's how, by the way, you do not you do not need this. Why did you have to take this? Yes. Oh, uh, I don't I don't know what to say because because you have amazing hair. We all know it, Stanley. (laughs) No, Asian hair is actually really hard to find people that know know how to cut. Right. Like because it's like straight Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's not as soft as like other hair types you know so like i i I sympathize with edgar here like there are some hairstylists who don't know like oh they just don't know know. they just don't know and it's not their like it's not their fault you know but but uh, you know so i guess what i'm what i was trying to get to by us sharing our personal experiences with our hair and our products is that you know it's difficult like it is difficult to find stuff that works for us and you know whenever you have a company who uh, become successful because of us and the thing and, and our money, our dollars, and then they just go ahead and slap us across the face and walk away with our money. It's fucking frustrating. And yeah, like sure, capitalism, blah blah blah. But be fucking like be better about it. Just be better fucking humans. And I don't know. I'm just I'm really annoyed by it. <laughs> yeah, and I don't face the same like things as like black women. Of course, do because like. Asian people use hair products like in Japan and mm-hmm. South Korea. You know, it's huge. They use right. So we we have like a lot of products that cater to Asians as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't. Yeah. yeah. Right. I understand. Right. To an extent. Yeah. Right. Of course. Of course. Um, and sympathize with everyone. Yes. So. so yes. Not only did we have that awesome, uh, fantastic news story break, um, a phone app. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Face app is the name of this app got in some trouble because they had a filter called hot. And what this filter did was it whitened your face. Lightened. It lightened your face. <laughs> it pretty much whitened your face. Yeah, yeah. Guys, it is 2017 and the definition of hot is white. white. Oh my God. This is just bad. This is just horrible. <laughs> Initial reactions to this y'all. Stanley. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's. <laughs> do you use uh, apps like photo apps? I for use your Snapchat. Yeah. yeah. So like, I guess Snapchat has some filters that just changes, but I don't. Nothing's like changing the actual skin tone. There might anything. be one actually. Olivia, oh. do you know of any? Um, no. That flower crown filter. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh shit! It lines her skin, right? <laughs> oh no! Oh no! So like. Actually, most photo apps are this way. Um, even Instagram, even the Instagram filters uh, will wash people of color out. Um, Snapchat's also really bad about this. Like Snapchat is, Snapchat's actually really, really racist. You guys, they are. Oh shit. Um, just like oh shit. Generally, yeah. I don't use Snapchat because I'm. I mean, old. like you heard about this. You know, the Snapchat founder. Yeah. Well, like the Snapchat founder basically said he didn't want to expand into India, um, and that was some racist shit. Uh, oh no. and, and like they've had like basically for 420 um i think it was a year or two ago they had like a bob marley face yeah. mask, yes I saw that. which is basically blackface they had like a oh, yellow no. face mask like, they had like a yellow face filter yeah. that oh. flower crown filter is basically like the most whitewashy thing um they also have like a beauty filter um that also kind of makes your Skin more into Eurocentric beauty standards. Yeah. Um, Snapchat's a mess, you guys. It's a total mess. And most of their mess. like employees are white too. I was gonna say it sounds like they don't have any people of color working there. They don't. Yep. Like, they have. There's like all pictures of people working nope. there. And it's like white people. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, but it, so Snap has this problem, but Face App is the one that got in hot water recently. Uh, I saw some of the effects. It's bad. Like, it literally colors your face white. Like, it's not even trying to hide it like yep. it's a light bulb or something. It legit turns your skin white. <laughs> it's like, uh, no. <laughs> like, that is not okay. Um, 
Yeah, it's just bad. It's bad. We need... I, I mean, we know the answer to this. Like, yeah. how do we fix this? Is We hire people of color at these dumbass companies. Like, fucking fix your goddamn shit. God damn it. It's 2017. I'm so mad. Okay. <laughs> You're so riled up. I am, okay, ri- I am I have, rowdy today. Wait, you, yes? But you guys, I have, like... A, okay, so there's this website... Um, it was made by black entrepreneurs. It's called toner, T O N R.com. And it's basically a filter app that was made for like darker skin tones. So for people of color Uh and all of their models are black and brown and Asian. And it's actually pretty great. So if you, if you want filters that don't wash your face out, then go to toner.com T O N R.com. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Let's go God, to some good I'm a marketing news. fucking genius, you guys. I know. Quit the podcast. Go be a fucking billionaire <laughs> somewhere. Okay, so let's move on That's to... That's two plugs this episode. Two. <laughs> let's move on to some good news, because I've been riled up. I've been angry this episode. Let's get happy. Let's get happy. Beyonce, Queen B, yeah. we love her. Uh, she just announced yes. that she, there are gonna be, there's going to be a Formation Scholarship. She calls it the Formation Scholars. And what this is, is a scholarship that will encourage and support young women who are unafraid to think outside the box and are bold, um, creative, conscious, and confident. That is amazing. Amazing news. She is going to partner with four colleges right now, Berkeley College of Music, Howard University in Washington, D.C., Parsons School of Design in New York, and Atlanta Spelman College. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on this? This is just awesome, fantastic yeah, news. Great news for, yeah, everyone. Everyone, like, yes. <laughs> like, this is just so awesome. Beyonce just lifts our spirits. Dope, 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 dope. Dope, dope, dope. So it's going to focus like, on creative arts, literature, and African-American studies. Yeah. And that, yeah. Yeah, I mean. It's good news. It's just good news. It's just great. Yeah, it's just great. Olivia, you had something? God, Beyonce's so amazing. I know. Oh my god! Like she just keeps. She's like. God. She's, she's like just super pregnant, and she's like, "Hold on, they need me right now. I need to give some hope in the world." <laughs> Sorry, babies. Like, <laughs> oh, I love it. It's just great news. It's just great news. I love that it's called. No, there, there's like enough Beyonce to go around. She's like, "Let me take care of these babies in my belly," but also, yes. Uh, other black women who are trying to like get the education exactly. yes. it's amazing it's amazing and, uh, and real quick before we move on i love and i think it's such a great thing that it, uh, they're called the formation scholars especially after all the controversy over the formation yeah. video and the name formation uh it's like a big f you like fuck y'all we're amazing we're gonna yeah. do this beyonce you're a fucking angel thank god for you Moving on, another great news story, but also kind of weird in a way. Um, New Orleans has finally started to remove Confederate monuments in their city. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the, the twist. They have to do it under the cover of darkness because they are afraid of crazy fucking people doing horrible things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? I think they had to wear like... Some helmet and like uh-huh. armor. Oh, like yeah, like right. like a, I think it's like a bulletproof vest or something. Yeah. It's crazy. But the fact that it's happening, it right, yes, is good. It's good. It's finally happening. It's been a while. We reported on it a while back, and now we finally have the conclusion to the story. They're gonna get it done. Um, just great news, Olivia. Some thoughts. I'm glad it's happening. But I wish it didn't have to be like so clandestine. I wish it didn't have to be under the cover of darkness, you know? I know. I know. It's like. I wish I like it's it's one of those things like this is a good thing. This is a thing that's like it's a win, right? Mm-hmm. But of course, crazy white people have to like go <laughs> and, and ruin it. Yeah. Ruin things once. I shouldn't say crazy. I shouldn't say crazy. Um, but like. Yeah, we know. We you know, know. ill informed. White right. And it's weird because people have to like go go and ruin it. Yeah. And like it's weird because people in Germany, the way they they handle the Holocaust is not by celebrating it. Like mm-hmm. like when like yeah, just they acknowledge the mistakes in their past and mm-hmm. they even have reminders around their um country about mm-hmm. that so it will never happen again. But like in the US 
like Confederate statues are like we should hold on like <laughs> it's like a thing of that yes of Texas history you know yes like, you know it's heritage that's the word they always use yeah. it's our heritage and I'm like oh fuck you know, your heritage yeah, like, like we should be ashamed of that but mm-hmm. supporters aren't you know. <laughs> It's ridiculous. And everyone's like, oh, you guys, slavery happened like 200 years ago. Let's just forget about it. Let's just forget. Yeah. I know. Like, uh. <laughs> uh, no, no, y'all. I, I'm like, I tell people all the time, I'm like, uh-uh. Like, slavery was like literally like two and a half grandmas ago. Yeah. Like, if you go back, like, it was not that long and, ago. And segregation didn't stop until like 1960s, yes! 70s. Oh, people are dumb. Uh. People are dumb. Anyways. Uh, congrats to New Orleans for finally getting it done. Kind of sad it had to be that way, but you know what? It's getting done, and now that city can finally fucking move on and think of their future. Um, Great, great news. Okay, that has been our race segment of the week. When we come back, we have a lot of culture news to get to. everybody welcome back we're gonna start off our culture segment by talking about the new thor ragnarok trailer that came out so um taika waititi is the director of the new thor he is a new zealand filmmaker um he's also of maori descent um and he's also a comedian i like if you've seen some uh, some other stuff he's done is um what we do in the shadows and hunt for the the Wilder People, mm-hmm. both of which are hilarious. Fantastic um, And this new Thor trailer is, like, no exception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. I, I haven't, like, I haven't looked forward to a Marvel movie in a very long time. And I feel like the only reason I'm looking forward to this one is because it's, Ta- it's Taika. And, like, full disclosure, I have a huge talent crush on him and also just a crush crush. Like, uh, he's I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What do y'all think of this trailer? Number one. But yeah, what did you guys? What yeah, what did you guys think of the trailer? So I echo what Alifia said. Um, I haven't looked like looked forward to a Marvel movie since maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. which is also similar to what the Thor three trailer is like. It's like fun and bouncy, and just the fact that um, it feels like Taika Waititi's um, style and comedy is present throughout this trailer too. It's just not like another Marvel movie, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what excited me about this new project. So, Mm -hmm. so I, so I'm actually not a, um, uh, I, I don't think I've seen any of Taika's movies actually at all. So I saw this fresh, um, and by the way, Thor is one of my least favorite characters, like ever. Like I just do not like Thor and especially not in the uh, cinematic universe. But for this, I was pumped. Like, it it totally sold me. Like, I wanted to see this character, and it just seems so funny and organic in a way that none of the Thor movies seemed before. Yeah, it has, like, a life. Yes, it has a life to it. Like, there's something going on. Um, I will say, though, since I didn't know his previous movies or anything, to me, a lot of the style in the trailer seemed very reminiscent of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people actually felt that way, too. And a lot of people uh, actually, they didn't confront Kevin Feige about it, but they asked him about it. And he tried to steer away from that conversation and say, no, it's going to be its own thing. Sure, there might be some similarities in the trailers and the story. um, But yeah, I mean, I'm pumped. It seems like Thor Thor Star Wars. Like, it just seems fucking cool. Like, he's in space. It's weird Marvel, which we don't get a lot of. So. Glad we're finally like getting weird Marvel. weird Marvel. Yes, we're finally getting some weird Marvel. Yeah. Um, I'm pumped. It's awesome. It looks really cool. And Taika's movies are like all kind like the move. What I have seen, they're all kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important to remember that like people who cut the trailers are like completely separate from the yes. people who make the film. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And like. I think, you know, with Marvel, they hired people to cut the trailer that like they were like, oh, this is funny. Guardians is also funny. So let's just cut the trailer like we cut the Guardians trailer, you know? Right, right. Um, I, will, I, I will agree that it is really reminiscent of that. Um, but Taika's, uh, yeah. 
He has a distinct... Tiger's Instagram is also really hilarious because he just keeps making <laughs> self-deprecating, self-deprecating jab everywhere, uh, which is kind uh, of fun. Um, he's a also the person if you guys have seen it um he directed the kind of like thor at home shorts where thor just has like this thor is just living with this like random mm-hmm. um new zealand guy and they're just like roommates and mm-hmm. those are really funny those got a lot of traction for a long time and he also wrote and directed those as well i love those those are so fun they should yeah. do like a spinoff of that yeah that's him. <laughs> yeah whenever they yeah whenever they're like we've run out of ideas and we need more money let's do the thor ro- the thor roommate movie <laughs> I, yeah, that was Taika. I definitely, so if you haven't seen any of his movies, I totally recommend watching What We Do in the Shadows. It's on Netflix. It's so funny. It's fantastic. <laughs> Gotta check it out. Yeah, I'm pumped. And like Hunt, Hunt for the Wilder People was one of my favorite movies last year. It was so Agreed. good. I gotta check it Amazing. out. I gotta check it out. I'm pumped. And I, I, I kind of disagree a little bit that it was like this trailer was similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. I just feel like um, Taika's style is really distinct and it kind of separates itself from the comparison a little bit, but that's just my opinion. I don't know. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I yeah. don't know. I'm so, I'm just, I'm so excited because Taika's humor is so weird. It I'm is. I'm so excited. I'm excited to see that. Also the, the trailer, it's like, it was just badass. Like, uh, Kate Blanchett totally destroying yeah. what? What do you call it? Thor's hammer. What do you call Thor's hammer? M- Millinjar, M- whatever. It has some weird <laughs> Norse name. Meow meow meow. Yeah, meow meow meow. <laughs> yes, she, <laughs> she totally destroys it. And then you have Led Zeppelin playing in the background. Immigrant song. It's like just so fucking badass. Like everything about it was just so cool. And then he's like in space, and there's like all these random aliens, very reminiscent of Star Wars and Guardians. Just it just it seems so cool. Like I am all in for this i'm excited and i don't even like thor so that's yeah. saying something um all righty stanley yeah stanley stanley brought this he wanted to this do is this a, par- cool. a personal story that i want to yes. talk about yeah yes. it's american crime we're gonna move on <laughs> wait what yeah we're gonna move on to american crime so edgar and i are not as familiar as stanley is <laughs> we are gonna be quiet for a while and stanley's gonna going to convince us he's going to so, tell us about this show so american crime is an abc tv show daily's going to take over yes. yeah so i'm going to make a case for american crime <laughs> on abc <laughs> yes and why everyone should go see it yes <laughs> so uh, it's an anthology this series. is what happens when we let stanley take over this i know what happens I know. when we just let stanley oh my god <laughs> <laughs> no no all right okay so uh, american crime is an anthology series on ABC, mm-hmm. not to be confused with American Crime Story and FX. Yes, by the guys who did American Horror Story. Story, yeah. yes. Um, each season revolves around a specific theme that's r- relevant in America. Season one tackled racism, mm-hmm. economic disparity. Season two tackled rape. Um, what else? Oh, um, sexuality and all that. Um, season three. Bullying, right? Yeah. And season three, the most recent season that's still airing right now, um, focuses on workers, exploitation, and human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Modern slavery, basically. Mm-hmm. So ba- so it's like pretty depressing all around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't ever expect a happy ending on this show or series. And I'm sold. I'm in. No. Yeah. yeah, the first two seasons are on Netflix, and they bring like like American Horror Story. They bring a core cast like mm-hmm. back for each season, like Felicity Huffman, Regina King, who won the two Emmys for her role in season one and two of American um, Crime. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? There's Timothy Hutton, um, Richard Cabral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but season three um, is particularly great because it focuses on things that are happening in America that people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. The underbelly. Yeah. Like the bad things that people don't talk about, like how, like human trafficking and how um, not illegal immigrants, but undocumented immigrants are being um, taken advantage of mm-hmm. by forcing them to work a lot with low wage mm-hmm. and... Uh, it's just 
it's just so ambitious and fantastic and depressing, but also really good. And, and I think that it's a type of storytelling that we don't see as often these days, just like the patience and the, the long takes and the, the resistance of, of giving people what they want, like a happy ending, you know, like just because we have a character who's trying to work his or her way to be, be better doesn't mean they'll have it because that's not what's happening in real life. Right. In real life, people are taking advantage of and, um, yeah, and are forced to, you know, just, yeah, it's right. pretty complicated and well, so, so much to unpack. And, right. Uh, I, and you've been, it's funny because we actually kind of have a little personal history with this. Because I you, have a personal history with like so many people because I keep annoying people to watch he, it. Because Stanley really wants people to watch the show. <laughs> and was, this show to me, it, it's kind of interesting because it, it's critically acclaimed. People love this yeah. show. It doesn't get the ratings yeah. that it should. And people are worried it won't come back for. It seems like season three will be the last will, season. Will be the last season. So people are like, you need to watch the show. It's important. But also at the same time, to me, I feel like this show suffers from the same problem that Schindler's List did. Where it's like, oh, that sounds awesome. I'll get to it. But I'm not in the mood for this yeah. depressing thing right now, so I'm going to avoid it. I'll watch it later, and people keep pushing it off. Yeah. I know a large portion of the reason why I didn't continue watching it was because it's dark. Like, it's yeah. depressing, and it's hard to and even watch though, that. Yeah, even if it's on ABC, it's really dark. Like, mm-hmm. I, you can't believe how far, like how much they get away with. Right. Just thematically. and Right. Uh, but, Olivia, I ask you... Is it... What? Is it one of those things where was is it one of those things like kind of like with serial or making a murder or stuff like that where it's one of the where like you can't exactly binge it you can like watch a little bit and then you have to take like a, I have to watch a happy show now before I can go back to this thing because it's just so dark. I would say that at least for the first two seasons, that focuses on, like, a crime. Mm-hmm. That makes it binge-worthy because you want to know what happens next, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But season three is is not no crime at all. It's just, like, a bunch of vignettes of different characters experiencing this theme of being exploited, right? Mm-hmm. And that's... I would say season three would be much harder to binge, but I personally, I, I, I binge, like, the first two seasons easily. Gotcha. It makes like try it out, see it because, yeah, it's it's very compelling the story that you would want to go forward after you finish right. the previous episode. Right, right. I've seen so I've seen the first episode of both the first and second season. You seen the first one? Yeah. So I saw the first. Um, uh, well, actually, because they filmed in a place that I had worked in. Oh. So I was curious to see. Um, and then uh, season two, the intro we watched with yeah. you. You wanted I to basically to, forced like a group of my friends to watch yes, the season two premiere. We watched it, and <laughs> I have to say, especially with that second one, it like right from the beginning, it's like, oh, this is going to be a dark ass show. <laughs> like this is going to be dark. And um, I will say, me personally, I was like, I need to watch something happy after, yeah. and that might just be me though, because uh, I've read a lot of people say like, even though it is dark, like you want to continue with it. I personally just didn't at the moment, but I think that this is a, a, an important show that I have to get to and I should do it sooner than later. I think you're right. Like it's, uh, it may unfortunately not come back if we don't watch it. So yeah. And like, there's an episode like, you know, in game of Thrones, the red wedding. Yes. Where they just basically killed off like spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> killed all, all the characters that you love. Most yes. Of them. And there's an episode like that in, in American crime season three where, like, by the end of it, I'm like, I don't want to continue watching this. <laughs> like, will anyone have their justice? Like, will, will anyone have a happy ending? It's like, if not... Like, well, let me ask you this. Are there any happy endings in this, in this series? Season one had one character, basically. Gotcha. Out of, like, you know, ten characters. Oh, my God. Yeah, It's like an ensemble show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Season two is, like... I, the ending for season two is more uplifting. Okay. Like a hope at the end of the tunnel. Gotcha. Season three right now, as of now, seems very like dark. Like oh. <laughs> characters that are major, right, mm-hmm. have been killed off already. Like like halfway through and then just like last week. And mm-hmm. so we're culminating to like uh, maybe three more characters left right. that we're focusing on. And they don't seem to 
be going towards like a happy place. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so it's just basically a a dark spiral down, just like a race to the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's like an article that I read. The title's "The Race to the Bottom." Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, uh, that's a very compelling argument, Stanley. I know. So yeah, if you want to see something that challenges you, old. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I will say Stanley is very passionate about the show, and he is very convincing. Whenever he talks about it, I'm like, yeah, I should watch it. But every time, I still don't. But I think it might be time that I actually do it, just so I support something good. You yeah, know? and they have, like, diverse um, cast and um, people behind this camera as well. Like, I, I, I looked at all the directors that they hired for the series, and women are hired um, over men two times as much. That's awesome. Which is, like, amazing. And they plan to make, just, like, give more opportunity for minorities in general. So, everyone, check out American Crime. And it's by the guy who wrote um, and won an Oscar for 12 Years a Slave, John mm-hmm. Ridley. So. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Watch American Crime. Damn. Oh. Okay. All righty, then. You kind of gavel. <laughs> okay. Um, so. Cool. <laughs> Thank you for that impassioned Yes. Impassioned plea for people to watch American Crime. You de- you definitely sold me. I'm into it. I'm going to watch it. Um, awesome. And I'll try to catch up quickly so that I can watch it. I can, like, start watching it online since I cut, I'm a millennial, so I cut the right. cord, so I can't watch it live. But I can watch it on ABC the next day. Uh, awesome. Yes. So next we're going to, yeah, next we're going to talk about some future stuff, you guys. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in tech right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that we wanted to talk about. So first, flying cars. Will they be a thing? <laughs> flying cars. Um, so there was a <laughs> so there was a man recently named uh, Larry Page who made this kind of flying quadcopter thing. It's supposed to be like the well, new. So Larry it's, Page. it's supposed to be like the new thing in water sports. Yeah. So uh, Larry Page is one of the founders of Google. And uh, he's a billionaire, yes. and he funded this company. I think it's called Kitty Hawk is the name of the company. Great name, by the Kitty. way. <laughs> yeah, Kitty Hawk is the name of the company, and I feel like it's also the name of their like high-tech jet ski thing that they made because it's literally a quadcopter. It literally just looks like a giant drone. I know. It, with like little seaplane things underneath it yes. for it to land in water. <laughs> Everyone has to watch the footage because like, it's amazing. This is – this is – this is is this is like high tech Porco Rosso right now? Like that, <laughs> that was the first thing my head went to. <laughs> yes. Um, but <laughs> the video is amazing. Yes, um, it's, the great. it's amazing, and they're saying that it's not like this is not a far leap to where we could be getting, and they're they're working on developing it too, where we could be getting like land slash air vehicles right. um, to kind of cart us around. So maybe all of us will have giant drones soon, you guys. Maybe. As if the small ones weren't annoying enough. We're going to have giant ones. <laughs> Our own personal drones. But I would, I would be less drone. annoyed by a giant drone. Like, I want a giant drone. So, <laughs> I mean, I want a small drone, too, but, like, I'm too I'm, – so. Yeah, so what's, what's interesting about this company is that they've already said that we are working on larger urban vehicles that will transport people in urban settings. And it's like, oh, OK, like they are future thinking ahead. They want to pretty much. I mean, so what we have here is we don't have the traditional flying car, although there are some companies that are creating like mini airplanes. Really, what we have is hovercrafts. Um it's crazy because we live in a world where we're about to get driverless cars and we're about to get the flying cars that have been promised forever. We're finally about to get them. Um, I don't know. It's just a, a, a really neat story. Uh, you have Larry Page, who is a very serious man who is putting serious money behind this. And you have a lot of Silicon Valley innovations from drones and quadcopters going into um, aviation. Um, so that is, you know, what is um, so f- amazing and interesting about this. My question to y'all, we are finally getting the flying car. What <laughs> is your like what? So what is your future thing that you've always wanted that we're going to get? Like, what do you want to get? What's the future thing? So everyone's always wanted a flying car. What do you want? 
So in the movie Fifth Element. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that you have this ready. <laughs> they have this thing where you have this package and you can microwave it and and then out comes out like a full dinner. Like not not like like a, a turkey or something. Ah, you know, a fully cooked turkey. Yes. And I think that would be really awesome to have. Yes, like in cartoons, like like they have a pill and they yeah. put water on it and it grows into like a Thanksgiving meal. Yeah. <laughs> I want something like that that's in the future. A, that's a great answer. I love that. That's, that's awesome. Like the first thing is food is what I'm thinking about, food. That's so awesome. That's so funny. <laughs> Olivia, what is your sort of future thing you want? So, number one. Oh, you have a list. Damn. Equal rights for marginalized community. Oh my God, Olivia! Goddamn, um, <laughs> you have to showboat us! God damn it! Damn it! <laughs> yes. Um, so that would be number one, and number two, like I know it's not possible. Like, I know it's not possible, but in my heart of hearts, I just want teleportation oh, yeah. to be like a real thing. Yes. So we don't have to fly I, airplanes anymore. It's right. I want yes. <laughs> like. Just give me that because then we won't even need like these fucking giant drones. All of us just have telepads everywhere and it's fine. Like it's not possible, of course, because then you get the kind of Star Trek paradox where it's like, is it you or is it a copy of you? Um, That's another. (laughs) That's another debate for us. Yes, that's right. (laughs) I just want it. Like even if even if it's a copy of me, what does it matter? The copy doesn't know it's a copy, right? Like, (laughs) yes. That's that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I mine is uh, so much more boring than y'all's. What? But what I, I've always wanted is, and we're getting there, which is so cool, is a DSLR type camera in my phone. Like I want my phone to take a picture that is so fucking amazing. It like blows everyone away. I've wanted to get there, and I think we're getting there. So I'm like so excited for that um like i said mine is very boring (laughs) (laughs) well uh, no your pill one like uh, that's i've you totally took that from me like that's awesome i want that like i i'm on board with you i need the pill food because that would make (laughs) that would make my life so much easier um anyways and olivia of course teleportation but that we'll see we'll see what happens with that um Okay, you guys, that's it for the Minority Report this week. Remember, we are everywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Um, Check us out at theminoritypod.com, on Twitter at MinorityPod, and on Facebook, The Minority Report Podcast. Uh, See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.